You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Like, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his perfumes. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> And this last revelation, um, which is kind of old news, kind of old news at the time we were talking about it on Twitter and stuff. But, you know, um, we went to go see Jodie Comer at uh, <laughs> in the flesh, in the flesh at New York Comic Con this past fall. Would you like to tell the people about the event? Um, you know, we stood in the line for hours to then not be given the front row access that we demanded and deserved but you know they had their policies we were pretty close to the front row we, I mean, yeah, we, were. we were close but we were. still we were upset because i was just trying to like be obnoxious with my shirt and be like jody, jody. Right. like i was gonna whisper the entire time until they kicked me out that didn't happen unfortunately you're but amazing like we were, there's time we were trying yet. to be that guy you were all amazing but also i wanted to be like like this one to distract her during the recording like right. like who is saying that like, it's me <laughs> it's me wearing the hoodie that says <laughs> emmy award winner jody comer with sandra oh on the back with the killing eve meme killing eve Sorry. Oh man, but it was great. It could have been better. I like. I would love to have seen footage of her of Judy going. Oh, oh I'm sorry. It's it's just the girl of this. She's wearing. <laughs> oh, are you saying our experience, our yes. interaction could have been better? It sure could have. It sure could. It sure could have. There was too many men on the stage. In general, I get that the movie is literally it's dude centric. In fact, wasn't she the only woman there that wasn't the moderator? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is she the only one of the cast that we know of central? <laughs> That's yes. a woman. That has so dialogue right. Mm-hmm. She just went from a motherfucking the best misandry sorority set on Killing Eve to a frat set. And I'm not going to say it's gross because Ryan Reynolds seems decent and... Um, other dudes i'm not familiar i know the dude from uh, get out is in there and then joe carey and i don't again i don't know about stranger things like you say that name like i'm supposed to know i don't i was just like his hair is really big and bangy he's got bangs and stuff and you were like he's from stranger things and i was like i've watched one season of stranger (laughs) things i've not yet returned i'm sorry i don't know what's going on there but they seem nice so we have some of the audio from our experience there we may have some of it queued up to all right, guys, so let's play real quick the intro to Jody coming out on stage. Um, now we have this amazing cast here with us today. I don't even know what we're saying back there, but I'm like, only one bitch got an Emmy on the stage. But <laughs> I'm rude. whatever that's we don't got time for ryan reynolds i mean sure sure okay sure deadpool's fine sure but we were there for jody and anyone who was in that same row as us knew it because yeah, <laughs> we were talking shit it. the whole time unless it had something to do with jody comer okay so yeah well i mean is that the guy from bird box yes ma'am yeah. that is the guy that is the guy from bird box. congratulations you figured it the fuck out so 
Do you want to give the listeners a rundown on this motherfucking film? Because I don't. Uh, so <laughs> it, I'm sorry. So I'm rude. Let me re up my the, drink while the, you uh, tell them. The preview is set to the tune of Mariah Carey's Fantasy. You know, after she oh, that's scored right. her that's 19th right. number one with uh, All I Want for Christmas is you. But um, it's about this pretty virtual world that's sort of like... Uh, MMORPG, whatever that means. It's just some sort of interactive video game world where other players can interact with each other and with like non-player characters called NPCs. And you can like rob banks and upgrade guns and level up and shoot people and things. And so Ryan Reynolds' character is an NPC who gets a player visor essentially and, you know, vows to level up without, um, you know, being all vile and evil and conniving and so their player characters like uh Molotov girl who's um operated by uh Jody Comer's character in the movie who sort of falls ugh, I almost threw up in my mouth a little bit sort of falls for um Ryan Reynolds's NPC and hijinks ensue so that's ultimately the movie it's about guys and their video games and people and their you know coding skills and I, sorry, <laughs> I uh, realized I turned that sound on from my drink while you were talking about this. Oh, that's and that's fine. because I have no amount of respect. Sorry to the listeners. We're like, <laughs> what the fuck is that sound? It's my complete lack of respect for the plot and what's happening here. But you covered it up well. I think we kind of guessed, especially after we saw scenes of Molotov, that it was obviously the impact of Villanelle that led to this casting. And of course, that makes sense because perhaps the producers and directors weren't aware of Jody until all of the incredible stuff that's come from Killing Eve. And so we want to be, we're hoping that like she doesn't stay too long in this typecasting situation where they always want her to bring some sort of intense energy. Not that we mind it, but you know, hopefully people will continue to cast her and see her incredible range for all that it is and yes. not just for what she's bringing to Killing Eve because I'm just going to say, not everyone has that Phoebe Waller-Bridge skill set when it comes to writing. So be careful when you out here trying to put Jody in something like Killing Eve, but it's not nearly as good as Killing Eve. And so you So that means potentially if yourself. you're writing Red Sparrow 2, do not oh, knock on Jody Comer's door. Do not Don't knock, knock on nobody's door. door. Do not knock on Don't Charlie knock Theron's on Jennifer door. Lawrence. Right. Don't no, knock on Charlize. Just, no. Don't knock on Scarlett. Keep it. Flush it down the toilet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> No, light that shit up <laughs> with a vintage match. <laughs> Burn it in the street. So, yeah, um, we do have two clips from, you know, exclusive. I don't even know if they're still exclusive given the time periods. Isn't there a trailer that's out right? right now? There's a trailer, but those clips are not in the trailer. Okay, all right. So there is a trailer that was recently released for Free Guy. Yay. But they did play a few scenes in the panel during the panel to showcase some of what Jody was doing. And it was fun because we got to see both her Molotov personality and her real world personality, which her accent sounds very similar to Billy from the other side of the bridge. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I'm never going to let anyone associated with killing you live that down. All right, guys. So it's not the most relevant thing except for our ridiculous excitement at yeah, the right. panel. Shit. Anytime anything had to do with Jody, because they weren't talking to her enough, and I get it. I get it. It's not her film, okay, in the sense that, oh, I've worked so hard on this, and it's my idea, and I wrote it, blah, blah, blah. But still, who, again, had an Emmy at the time? Whatever. I'm rude. I'm a rude stan. But yeah, this is a clip where Jody talks for a little bit about her process for working on this film and playing, I guess, the two personas that she does. Just, 
I was shouting. Yeah. Ah, yes. She has the range. I remember that we weren't having the most fun with this moderator who didn't seem to know much about Killing Eve, but okay. This already had me upset. They was like, how did you create these two versions when in Killing Eve you've already had 18 million personalities that you've tried on as a spy? Tell us, Jody, about your method. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of conversations with Sean at the, the start of this process, and I think the biggest thing for me was the physicality of her. And um, obviously, we had the help of the incredible hair and makeup department, but when we first meet Millie, she's quite defeated by the world, and, and her avatar, um, Molotov, is so empowered. Um, so there's a real distinct difference in the way that they move. Um, there's also an accent filter within the game, so they speak very differently, which um, which you will hear. But um, and what I thought was interesting was there's always an influence of Millie within Molotov. You know, there's this kind of wish fulfillment that we live out, whether it be social media or through a video game. You know, we create these avatars of a version of ourselves as how we would like to be perceived. Um, All right, bitch, so yeah, you could ask Jody another question. But you really could have, but um, Jody, uh, the fans have a yeah, question. Sure. Where is your avatar? Where is your online avatar that you would like to live and showcase to the world? Because it don't, it doesn't we ain't exist. got one. We, we don't People discovered her, her Spotify. She was like, bitch, I'm gone. Uh-huh. Delete! <laughs> and to be fair, if for some reason I was ever put out there for like just on blast as a fame person or just there... I would do the same shit. Like, I would probably just be living my life regular, but, like, not too much, not too extra. Just, like, a little update here and there. And then see some weird shit like that and be like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> bye, y'all. <laughs> I've disappeared. I haven't quite figured out that Scouse accent yet. I'm sure I will drop it on you all. One day. Horribly. One day soon. Horribly. One day. But um, just prepare yourselves. There's actually a little bit of Millie inside Molotov. What the fuck <laughs> is it? What? That's what she said. You know what? Whatever. You guys... <laughs> I'm not arguing. I'm not fucking arguing. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) to sum up what Jody was saying in this clip, although you guys have ears, is that, you know, she out here flexing. Yes. Like she did. Just got an Emmy for for playing a bitch who, while I played this bitch, played several other bitches. Okay. Several other bitches. Did you see the rage? Do you remember the scene? Do you remember the scene in the safe house? The what is that? Was it a safe house? A stash house? The witness protection, Villanelle's crib that Eve right. had the keys to. Where she was like, I'm about to serve you three different personalities in a section, plus my own, plus the inception of Billy having a slight Russian accent underneath. Because I'm fucking Jodie Comer and I'm going to give you that subtle shit that says, mm, here's me playing a Russian, playing a New Yorker. And look, look, look at the details. And this hoe really had to ask these questions. Free uh, guy. Free guy. Again, nothing against Ryan Reynolds, but, but I, I mean, just, I mean, Jodie would have I, the same effect had the moderator asked that long-winded question to her, and then she, the camera, what a bitch! Pans, wait, wait, the camera pans to Jodie, and she's over here like, "What? Well, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just polishing my." Uh... <laughs> 
She needs to have Phoebe Waller Bridge Emmy where I just have right. my Emmy right here with me yes, right now. Just wherever I go. Just to remind everyone you know. of the range. So no. this is called an Emmy. So what they do is they award these I'm disgusted. doors. I'm disgusted with how the, the moderator asked the question of Jodie Comer because she should have started out like this. First of all, congratulations. Emmy Award winner, okay. Jodie Comer. The story tells it. I've heard youngest in the best drama for a TV leading actress category. Fantastic. So as all of your fans know, I know because I say I watch Killing Eve and these people in the audience that you have served many an accent on Killing Eve. Tell us about this cakewalk on Free Guy. You know okay. what I mean? Like, okay. I would have been like, tell us what's, what is it like taking a break? From doing 18 million accents and just doing two, girl. Like, what was, was your summer chill? Did you have a good time? It seems like you had a good time. For the most part, it was pretty chill. It, it, was, just <laughs> a, it was just the physical aspect of it. but you It know, was we the physicality some... of it. Yeah. That was something Irish. I'm not sure what happened. No, uh, you're you're going to get the scouse asking. I, I know you're going to get it. I, she's going to get it. Not with your help. You will fuck help. me up and you will send me to the boondocks. The... Like you do for Gentleman Jack. Um... <laughs> the Moscato's not helping. All right, here is clip number uno featuring Jody. <laughs> we love yeah. you, Jody! Jody! <laughs> Lueve! No. Whoa. Are you a motorcycle collector? Hmm. Or an arms dealer? Listen, dude. Hi. Hi, whatever. Got some new NPC outfit, but I'm busy trying to figure out how to steal something. Maybe I could help you. I work alone. Beautiful grenades. Besides, if you want to have any chance of making an impact around here, you need to have a higher level than that. No! Higher level? Good lord, work. See? Oh. That's mine. And that's yours. Oh, I both. <laughs> I think what was that? The one weapon was definitely larger than the other, right? Really? Really? Yeah. Get stuff. Anything you know? Mm-hmm. Just like experience, guns, money. This I do love weapons. You can rob a store, carjack someone, punch a pedestrian in the face. You'll figure it out. Well, I've never hurt innocent people. You should be for No, I, I just don't believe in those things. You know, I mean, stealing, killing people—that's not me. Hmm. I've got to admit that is kind of refreshing. Sometimes forget that everyone you meet on here is a sociopathic man child. Thank you. Wait, but the world isn't that bad, though, is it? Oh, it's pretty bleak. If you ever met the dick responsible for this world, you'd agree. Are we talking about God? You've met God? And he's a dick? His name's Antoine, and yes, he's an absolute troll. Troll seasons. Look. I don't know if anybody does it, but you could rack up experience points by being a good guy. Like a hero. Easy, Tiger. If you don't want to shoot people, you could just steal all their guns. All that shit makes your level go up. Maybe the good guy. No, I'm going to be the great guy. Okay. Wow, enjoy your life trying to supply the jetty. <laughs> go. Wait, wait, hold on a second. How will I know that I've leveled up enough? Get over a hundred. No more talk. That's so much more than one. I know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yo, the way you're shaking your head and the way I was just sitting here, like, over it and under it, just scrubbing through has been a lot. Um, Do you remember the visuals from this scene? Might you explain? Oh, thanks. Great. Think of the TLC's No Scrubs video. (laughs) What? 
That's essentially what it looks like. So they're entering into her cave haven place. And he's asking about all of her inventory because, like, when you are in some sort of MMR situation, you have some sort of deck, home base, quarters, shelter, uh, bridge. You just have a place to put your things. And so he's looking around at all of her, like, do you collect motorcycles? Are you an arms dealer? Because she has lots of weapons. And he's trying to pick them up, and she's smacking his hand to put things down. She's loading up all supplies and equipment. She shows him her level and compares her level to his, which was one, because, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. And essentially, she dubbed him to say, well, when you get to level 100, we can talk. She gives him options on how he could level up, and he's like, um, I'm going to find a way to level up without doing any of those horror things. So, yeah, she sends him on his way, and it's like, he's going to get eaten alive. But, you know, whatever. That's something well, we're getting. Yeah, you did an excellent job there. So the positives for me here being watching Jody hold weapons and thinking that she might use them in some capacity later in the film that I might get to see. And I'm like, yay! All the other dialogue, I'm like, all right. I was getting <laughs> ultraviolet vibes a little bit, but not enough. Because oh, there were no blades. Oh, snaps. They were all like Now that guns. you say that, you're talking about Mila Jovovich. Yes, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. number of weapons. Many. <laughs> That's right! <laughs> oh my God, there is that whole scene. Yes. Oh, well, okay. Here's hoping she is... A quarter is cool yeah, in this film as Mila was in Ultraviolet. I mean, people have their hot takes about it, but I'm like, Mila was in there doing action and looking fantastic, so you keep that was. hot take if it's not one of praise. All right, and so I think we have one more scene here before we can close this shit out. All right, guys, so here is the second clip we retreated to from Free Guy coming sometime in summer 2020. You were right. You were right. Oh, come on in. You were right. Our code it isn't free city. And Millie, it worked. Our game, life itself, where characters would grow and change and feel real, worked. That's why all the NPCs in Free City have been evolving lives of their own in the background of the game, doing all these little different things. And Guy, I mean, he has evolved way further than any of them, further than we thought was even possible. Well, wait, are you talking about the hacker and the NPC skin? Nope, <laughs> that's me fucking with the phone. Sorry. That blue shirt guy yeah. is not a player. He is an algorithm who thinks he's alive. And how technically, he is alive. He is the first real artificial intelligence. No. I know. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. God? God. My guy? What? Your guy. Oh, shit! It, this is a good thing. No, it's really bad. We did it, Mills. We have to celebrate. Why this can't be happening? What are you talking about? This is what we've been doing. Why? Let him kiss me. <laughs> Do you hear me like, gross? <laughs> God. The first time I kiss a non-toxic guy, I'm like, Ever. Of course, he's not even not even real. artificially intelligent video game Oh, I'm sorry, I can't take that. I can't take that delivery. Also, Millie, Good lord. He's like four. Really? We're gonna do that. Really? Okay, Jody. Kill it, bitch. Kill it, bitch. Do what you gotta do, bitch. 
I just gotta be honest, bitch. When I hear you cooing over a dude, oh my God, he's just like, so like, that took me all the way out. I just have to be perfectly honest. You heard me in the thing. I was like, oh. So that's in uh, Jody Comer's character's apartment where he's trying to break down to her that the code that they were working on. Who's, which actor is this? Joe oh, Gary. the one from Stranger Things, yeah. right? The Bangs. Okay. And he's like, we found, I found that code in his game, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the code is guy. He's not a player character. He's mm -mm. a artificial intelligence. And she's like, no, Grez, because I kissed him. What do you mean? He's not real. He felt real. He found my button. And I'm like, Ew. that's right. The button comment. Yes. That was such an organic response from us. And I think there was maybe at least two or three other queer people in the area. Cause it was like a general sentiment of like, Oh, oh. <laughs> you're like, okay. Uh, I like that game, Age of Empires 2. Oh my God. <laughs> Here we go. Can I say Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, Harry, Harry, Harry. I take video games way too literally. I've actually found them quite stressful. <laughs> like I you can say Harry Potter. Say what you want. Okay, so what's cool about that answer is that in a recent article, Jody has given another answer about uh, playing Sims as a, a video game she enjoyed playing and uh, following the rules while being in the Sims, stopping at the red lights, liking to do off things. And I'm like, oh, Jody's that person that goes off book, which is me. Like you get into a game that might be open world and they're like, do all this stuff and ac accomplish these things. And I'm off on the side. Like I kind of want to see what's over here in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I wanna, just want to drive off this cliff real quick, see what happens. Can I fly? And it seems like She's somewhere between doing what I want, but then still following the rules, following the structure and rigidity. But hey, guys, if you guys wanted to know what video games Jodie Comer has played of Harry Potter and motherfucking Sims, a lot of people play Sims, though. They and do. she knew about the hacks, which was fantastic, because are you really playing Sims if you are not hacking the shit out of your world <laughs> to get whatever the fuck you want in there? The answer is no. Now we have audio, we have audio of the trailer, but quite frankly, I don't think that's going to do anything for y'all because there's just a lot of action, a lot of moving pieces that's very visual, which is essentially this open world and Ryan Reynolds in it and like doing his life and you see explosions and he works in a bank and his bank is robbed evidently like a dozen times a day and he just sees it as normal. We see scenes of him dropping to the ground with his coworker and they're just sort of like, it's a Monday. This is what we do. Someone tries to rob us. We drop to the ground. And you get the idea that, you know, this is Guy pre his AI awakening. And then as the trailer progresses, he, I guess, becomes self-aware about his situation. And it's like, I don't know. This is weird. It's kind of weird to be robbed 12 times a day or see all this violence. And in a moment, he is having an altercation with someone and decides to fight back. And it's scary for him, but he does it. And he talks about how scary it is. So it's kind of a bit of a hapless hero type of thing going on. We don't really actually see or hear from Jodie Comer in either of her roles as Molotov or what's the what's the regular girl's name? Oh God. Um oh um I was about to call it Millie. I think it is. No, it is Millie. Okay, so as Molotov or Millie, both M's. But yes, she's sort of at the end of the trailer there, giving some lines. Let me see if I can fast forward. It's basically the lines that she delivers at the end is part of the clip that we got. No. What? It's it's two hours. <laughs> oh. Wait, what? I'm mad that you knew that line. Did you memorize that at the time? Is that a gun in your pocket? No, it's two guns. Two guns. 
Oh, the word she used is Glock. Oh, two wow, Glocks. Wow, I'm sure your life has supplied the juicy. He does. Let's go, Jody Keller! Let's go! Yeah, because that's, that's, yeah. And then they quickly exited the stage. Like, really quick. Really quick. We were going to try to just, again, shout more Lueves, get to Jody, but it was simply and ridiculously impossible. And of course, because we didn't find out that Jody Comer was going to be there till day before, I did not have time to scramble to locate my press pass. The panel was enjoyable. Right. There was a listener who, well, I don't know if they were a listener, but it was someone on Twitter. And they said that they were in the audience when they came to sit in that front row to just watch the scene with the audience after they played it and that they were like within five feet of Jody Comer. I was like, why didn't you whisper something like, <laughs> take your opportunity, shoot your shot. Right. I don't think Security would have rejected you for that. I think she would have turned around and been like, what? <laughs> and she would have remembered you yes. because how? Come on. Come on. I'm just saying. Um, any of you guys listening out there, put that in your back pocket. I guarantee you, you will get a response. <laughs> Always happy and excited to see our faves doing well and, and getting projects. And this will certainly be great for Jody's visibility in America, right. which is key because she's very visible in the UK right now. But, you know, I mean... <laughs> I'm not expecting an Oscar winner. That's for damn sure. I just want the. There's right... not enough women. Sorry, no, it's true. She's a Smurf. I want the right people to be aware that she exists here in America. Lord of mercy. I don't know if a gamer movie is going to be the route to go because that's just okay. a bunch of wonderful, uh, semi upstanding. You know what? It's just that it, this movie is playing to a base, and that's not to say that plenty of women won't see this film because of course they will and of course we love video games and nerdy things like that yeah so while there will be plenty of women who see it i just you can tell by the casting and the fact that she's a smurfette that it's not designed with women in mind and even if this movie does appeal to women for the simple fact that jody comer is in it that the guys the suits who do the testing and stuff like that they're not concerned first and yeah foremost. they're not testing with jody it. comer's largest fan base which is definitely women of varying ages so you know um i'm happy that she's getting a good look it looks like she'll be funny in this and i'm happy to see her flex her improv skills and I think it'll be easy to enjoy this character, or at least Molotov, because she seems to be very much like Villanelle. She's right. violent. She doesn't have time for men. Am I looking forward to her slobbing the face of Ryan Reynolds? Bitch, no. He's like Nobody 15 years is. older than her. So in general, I'm not into that. That's not my kink. I thought if there should be like a relationship that is het, that I'm forced to watch, it should ideally be between someone in her age group, which would be the one with the bangs right. from Stranger Things. But it is what it is. I'm sure Ryan Reynolds feels young at heart and wanted the hottest bitch he could get who was doing something with their career and certainly we hope nothing but good things from this project nothing for jody in terms of things. money get them dollars get them dollars because we know american productions pay more secure than british productions bag. secure the bad girl and secure whatever your fucking agent needs to get you whatever the fuck you want to get you not on films with people like ben affleck and matt damon and on films with people like somebody not them just, or more women actually yes actually yes i i'm biased i fully admit that so is terrence but we want what we want we can't help it happy to see her play other parts and, and do that thing what are your final thoughts on free guy um looks like it should be fun i just got finished doing detective pikachu i know what ryan reynolds what voice <laughs> i know what ryan reynolds voice sounds like so him 
in all these different types of projects. Right. I don't want to use terms like oversaturated because I guess some people feel oh, but like you can. Ryan Reynolds oh, but you can. can never be oversaturated. I am like inclined that? to disagree. I, I feel like once you've heard it, I think twice, about my faves. Like if you, I, I would prefer for my faves not to be like spread across a lot of properties because then it, it actually fucks up the imaginary game for me. Jody, take the swag. Jody, give me a pink shoelace. <laughs> right, Jody. Jody, update your Insta. Right, anything. But anything that we could have got going on. So that was difficult. But we are plotting and planning if the BBC, once again, I don't know why the BBC doesn't do shit like other people do. I don't know why they don't seem to send their actors places like other people do. I don't know why they've not been to Paley Fest. Paley Fest. Hello. The fuck? I just want to say, you guys, that Paley is a great thing. If you're not if you're not aware of Paley Fest, um, it happens in New York, and it's always a a great time for cast and crew and producers and showrunners, whoever involved with the production, to come and talk in a very intimate setting to people who are Paley members and, of course, visitors to talk. And um, I just want that to happen because I went to one, as Terrence well knows, for Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I was like. When it was the year that was coming out, maybe like two years ago at this point. And I don't always pull my cards to be like, I'm gonna go to this Paley. But in that in in that moment that I was at the the situation, it's true. I was in that private green room VIP thing with the actors and no, I did not have anything clever or fun to say to Soniqua, who I was just there staring at while she was sitting on her husband's lap. But I would like the opportunity to potentially stare and be awkward. Jodie Comer, if I could, mm-hmm. like just a foot away, and then I don't know, she'd probably be like, What the fuck is this bitch? <laughs> sorry. sorry, but I think she would see all the swag, hopefully. And um, I don't know, I'm like, So, hey, what music are you listening to, Jody? I know the kids mm-hmm. found you on Spotify, but I didn't, and I'm just trying to find out. Actually, if I you know hate Spotify, Jody. <laughs> Actually, you know, I do hate Spotify, no, but yeah, that, that would I be do a- because ethically, they are a shitty company when it comes to musicians. <laughs> and intellectual property but i won't get into that discussion but yeah so bbc if you ever listen to a fucking episode can y'all do something please can you send them somewhere sag paley a con could that work any of the many cons happening in 2020 what about sdcc my god we'll go there we'll go to california if you tell us they will be there because surely they've not been to a single one not a single fucking one and i believe sandra oh would love the experience of oh, going right, to a con. Right. I, I can't, I don't know that she's actually been to one because she's not been in properties because outside of Killing Eve, Grey's Anatomy right, was her yeah. longest property, doesn't really go to cons and shit like that. So I don't know, but I just, we want stuff, guys. Damn, fuck. So we will be giving away the free guy stuff we got because, well, we like to give away things to you guys and we made sure to grab extra, what are those, cups? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's... Ryan Reynolds says something about, oh, it's sustainable and I brought it for you guys. I'm like, boy, this is, promotion for your damn self or whatever company this is but we'll take it for the when i Jody gave it to fans. the cast and crew it was filled with whiskey but um i was like where the fuck <laughs> whiskey at, bitch? like we like she whiskey does. it would be nice i mean i'm not gonna act like i'm not sipping on oh it's gone <laughs> <laughs> that's probably something that we can do for like our patreon like how we do for gentleman jack is that when we do watch this movie we'll record ourselves and whatever organically comes the fuck out of our mouths and we're confronted with all the head propaganda that will be in there, but also being blessed by Jody's skills and stuff. Well, I could say this even without watching it. It's going to be somewhere on the scale of higher than Jillian Katz. And- Whoa, did you say Jilly? Jillian Katz. Are you talking about the moment Jennifer Lopez, uh-huh, mm-hmm. that abomination mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. featured a queer storyline, quote unquote, quote unquote. Sorry. Okay. 
at least cats, you could probably have a relatively interesting experience if you do drugs and hallucinogenics. Right. Or, or, or you could go to the bad place, you know, the bad trip. No, where things no, no, contour, no, no. right, no. right, right. Because that was me watching Cats just in normal as a kid, just then, then. And now that I see all this extra stuff, oh, God, God, gosh. I mean, this isn't really a revelation. You guys already know it, or you potentially know that Jodie Comer was cast in a film starring the the Matt and the, the Ben. And personally here, Candace and Terrence, we don't care for the Matt or the Ben for a number of reasons, and certainly even less for this film because of the purported rape Right. That okay. is supposed to happen, that it seems almost entirely designed to motivate a man to get revenge against another man. And um, just the idea of making a rape a husband or a man and how he's dealing with it is not attractive to me. I don't care if it's based off a true story and what men were doing in the French society. Judy Coleman says she loses her job if she mentions the age gap, not the wage gap. Wait a minute. Right. Sorry. Not the way. I didn't see that. What not is, the way. First of all, is this tabloid fodder? Because the title says Jodie Comer jokes she'll lose her job on the last duel if she brings up the age difference with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. This was written on October 9th, 2019. Jodie Comer has admitted that she finds it mad to think that she is working with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in the controversial film. Girl, I hope it's because they remind you of your granddaddy and not because you are so moved well you know it's because she was all of four years old when goodwill hunting came out <laughs> oh my god you are so right so i'm saying i hope it's because she's like wow look at these oscar winners they're so old I, one day i want to be oscar winners the writers directors producers like they are i want to be innovating on that in that in that way that's <laughs> we are being so shady right now we're being so shady but and it continues Asked if she was aware just how big her age gap with Matt and Ben was, the actress joked, no, but I'm going to bring that up. Laughing, she continued, I'll let you know how that goes down. Probably lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's called self-awareness, dear. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy to see it. So happy. So do you really expect my fans, my Emmy fans, she should have the Emmy at the, the bargaining table. You expect my Emmy fans to just be totally fine with um, me doing what? A, a Paul Bettany, basically. <laughs> You're dying over this. I'm, I'm not good with the scoose. I wish I was better with the scoose. First of all, the way you're hugging. I still live with my dad. No. Oh, my God. The way you're hugging that champagne bottle is I, I what's like, taking me Oh, out. because it's my Emmy. No. <laughs> it's my Emmy. I'm talking to the producers of this film with my Emmy in hand so they understand what they're about Jody, to lose. I hope Jody goes to all future meetings with her Emmy in hand. Oh, she should. She's like, have you heard? Best drama actress award before 30 i don't know if you i don't know if you saw the news but um could you could you press the elevator button for me i just um my hands are... can't reach with this <laughs> emmy in my hand <laughs> oh my god <sighs> okay so the article finishes that while little is known about the last duel beyond its vague plot line it's not vague it's pretty specific. Rape, duel, the end. Many people admitted to feeling a little uneasy about the film when it was announced in July due to its perceived use of female trauma to further the male character okay. stories. Okay. Oh, okay with it? Is that what? What was that? <laughs> okay. In particular, many fans were disappointed to hear that Jodie was attached to the project, having played such an iconic, independent woman in Killing Eve. Quote, oh, neat. So she's playing the daughter of one of them. That is so... Checks notes. Oh, the wife, one wrote. 
<laughs> Killing Eve fandom never change, Ooh. never change. Keep the shade going. If we shade this enough, if we shade it enough, perhaps we can just influence the universal force to just sell Disney. No, 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 no. Or Jody herself. No, no, no. There's another script out there. Just we are trying to send the waves because we will just we have to say openly as Jodie Comer fans. No, we are not interested, excited, or looking forward to anything to do with this motherfucking story, especially with these two actors slash producers slash whatever, what have you, um, working on it. The duel. I can't. I'm like, why are they even trying to do accents? Maybe it was English. I don't remember. No, I'm pretty sure it was French, but they're going to duel. Oh, you raped my wife. I demand satisfaction. Right. Just let us throw. Why we need to? Anyway, so we're not looking forward to that. We know there was casting news that came out eventually after the initial kickback from Jody fans and just people who were like, another rape film, Oscar bait, horrible. Is that Adam Driver was added to it, which we mentioned him a little bit earlier because I really don't give a fuck about marriage stories. Sorry, it's not for me, not my, not my um, window. I would never watch it again. But Adam Driver himself is a cool actor, cool dude. So, you know, here's hoping that she has to share scenes with someone close to her age, like Adam. (laughs) But here's me not hoping for the rape scene or thinking I'm going to enjoy this movie because I'm more than likely not. Yeah, it's going to be a a hard support watch, but it will be the support watch nonetheless. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, and Adam Driver and weird coincidences, and maybe this is the Disney connection now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Some of you who may have seen the latest Star Wars film, potentially already know that Jodie Comer has a surprise cameo. Oh, yes. I myself have not gone to see it, but I mean, the, I will call, well, the squad on my feed. Just, they exposed. They exposed. Right. Yeah. And so, spoiler, should we spoil? No, Maybe. we won't. Wait, should we? It the, depends on when this is coming get, out. Well, I think if we say what she's playing or who she's playing, it doesn't exactly spoil the plot. She's playing Ray's mother in a very quick flashback. Oh, okay. To okay. us oh, finally easy. finding out what's happening with Ray. Um, okay, great. So, yay, Jody, getting those Disney checks. Disney, look, I would not be opposed if you cast this bitch as, say, a mutant right. or some sort of bitch with powers because I mean, I don't I'm care. into that. I'm into that. If you want to remake Sailor Moon and have her be a Sailor Scout, do what you must. Oh, wow. Just give her the. Give her all the stuff and stuff. make her checks large, large yes. and in charge. She deserves it. Can you pull up that article you said you found with all the guest stars? Yeah, that's this here. Uh, which um, article from was that? Entertainment Weekly from November 7th. Uh, entertainment exclusive. It says, Killing Eve adds Game of Thrones, Harry Potter actors to season three costs. So it's running <laughs> down because, yes, yes people yes. are in uh, both shows. So mm, seven cast members. Uh, they're calling Gemma Whalen a Game of Thrones alone. But, I mean, she's also done other things. Aside from Game of Thrones. Like Gentleman Jack? Uh, Sorry. 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 Put some respect on her check. Put some fucking respect on Gemma Whalen's check and name. Thank you very much. Um, Also, she's fucking hilarious. Here's hoping that she's out here doing some comedy lines, which I'm like, doesn't she have to? Because she was told a comedian before, like, all the other stuff. And seeing her work with Gentleman Jack is, I mean, she's just flawless. Right. So. Absolutely. And we have. Quick question. Quick question. Mm. Where is Gemma's falling? MI6. The 12th. Unknown group. Pick one. ABC. Unknown group. All right. Put your bets in. I'm saying, oh, God. this These are so, I was about to be like competitive assassin or assassin competition and or comedic relief MI6 agent. I don't know why it just popped in. Just popped in. Like, you know, Elena. Like, no. <laughs> so, like Elena. a pencil pusher type 
you're thinking for Gemma Whalen? Right. I- so I'm either thinking that it's one of the extremes that she is channeling Yara and she's going to be out there murking bitches and maybe have to work with Villanelle or be competition for Villanelle or whatever. Or, yes, MI6 agent that is comedic relief, much to the effect that Hugo and Jess were. All right. Or Lena. Um, we get Peja Jelak, um, who's from Harry Potter. I do not have an image here. Uh, Camille Cotton from... Wait, what uh, was that name? Peja... Oh, Peja Jellak. Uh, P-E-D-J-A-B-J-E-L-A-C. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Let me Google this motherfucker. Uh, widely known for oh. their parents of Harry Potter. I see. Goblet of Fire. Yep. And also the Chronicles of Narnia. He has an intense face. I say killer. A working for the 12. <laughs> well, he's got one of those character faces, you know what I'm saying? Where it's just not like an arbitrary casting, like maybe something nefarious so anyway continue on your list i'm just gonna keep saying what i think people are when you call them oh out. got it uh we have camille cotton from call my agent i mean i know what that property is c-a-m-i-l-l-e-c-o-t-t-i-n with two l's two l's okay camille cotton uh call my agent is what she's widely known for oh so she's french Ooh. Back on my little We're French shit that I can right, hear in French. Okay. I know it's that's all it takes. I'm like a French actress. So this may be who Eve is busking for, like the manager or the supervisor of the establishment. Maybe it also says she's appeared in some comedy sketches. So who knows what's going to be happening here? But she seems to be a very capable thespian. In her stats, it says that she was nominated for the Cesar Award for most promising actress. And I mean, she'd been in the scene for a minute, so. It's time to give these old dead women their due. Oh. Are I we thinking co worker, assassin, unknown? I think that it's she's going to be like if Eva's on the run someplace, she may be dealing with her. Ooh. Okay. I'll take it. Run. Can they speak French together? Please. That, that is my Please hope. and thank you. Please and thank you. All right. Okay. All right. Who else do we got? I think there's a Steve somewhere. Uh, Steve Pemberton. From Inside Number Nine. What the fuck is Inside Number Nine? Pemberton. I love how I've never heard of any of these shows. Are these all European shows? Okay, so this motherfucker is an English actor, comedian, and writer. Best Lots known as a member of the League of Gentlemen with Reese Shearsmith. Twelve. All right, all right. He's an older dude. Twelve. So, oh, the twelve? Yes. I would agree. I would agree. He doesn't look cool enough to be the running MI6, and we've already decided that the lady boss we met is running MI6 until otherwise proven. All right. So I will agree with you that he is in the 12. Um, now we have Raj. Uh, Raj Bajaj. All right. Raj Bajaj. Okay. Well, this guy looks to be 12. Young man. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> you said I don't even have to think about it. Nope. So, okay. If you say 12, competent killer, desk rider, or someone who Villanelle will take out very quickly and easily. I'll say he's one of the finances. So. What the fuck? <laughs> You know One what? Terrence Pilastri, so glad to see you back. Yes. <laughs> he's young, but you still think he's a financier? I believe he's. You his got that money, pale energy? His money is not his money, right? His money oh, is okay. His oh, right. Okay. Money. Oh, right. Okay. I'm going to go opposite of you just because I feel like it. MI6 agent. Boom. Okay. Well, they do need. Uh, well, that's not to assume and be racist to say, well, we needed a new person to speak Farsi since Jess is out of the game, but. You oh, know, dear. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen again with the, like, trade melanin. <laughs> it's just so hard to be here without Elena. She, it she, is. Like, we compare everyone to Elena, and Elena was the best, and it doesn't make it easy for everyone else. 
uh, Torlok Convery. Ah, yes. He reminded me of someone who could have been related to Tormund Ginesbane because he is a ginger, at least judging this picture. He's Irish. Grew up in Northern Ireland, a British actor. He apparently received a number of prizes for drama. And so, okay. Okay, Torlo. and not comedy. Drama and not comedy, right? Right. So, so different from the other two women we've seen with right. comedic backgrounds. So I'm not going to give him 12, but I will say that he is someone that more... Oh. Oh, what just happened? Sound like you had that a thought. was episode five. But I'm not going to talk about episode five of series three. Um, series three. I'll say that Carolyn will be getting information from that individual. Oh, my God. I think this is a, this is a weird coincidence. Because in looking at his credits, it looks like he was in Mad Fat Diary, which, ding, 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 yep. so was a young Jodie Comer. Yep. Well, I guess the British acting circle is really small. That's probably because the BBC make every damn thing, but. <laughs> All right, so I don't know. I'm going to go with 12 Goon because he looks like he could be annoying and weird looking. Or maybe it's Raymond's kid because he's a ginger. I know that's a leap. It's a stretch, but why not leap and stretch, Candace Palastri? So I'm going to say Raymond's son looking You're the for revenge. Best one to say that. And I'm not mad at it. Thank you. I'm not. It's not he's mad at it Is Raymond's son looking for revenge or he's a victim waiting to die like um, the dude in Hot Medica? Fushduk. <laughs> Poor man. Not really. Not really. <laughs> not really. And then Evgenia Dondina. Lord, Evgenia? I hope you're it pronouncing like, that correctly. It looks like Eugenia, but with a V instead of a U. Eve. So it's probably Eugenia, but, it's but with just a silent V. With a V, yeah. All right. Eugenia. So she's an Israeli actress of Belarusian origin, according to the internet, aged 55. So that photo is a little, oh, she a little confusing. She just strikingly young. Hey, blessings, so, blessings I mean, on blessings. So Carolyn Martin. Boss. Sorry. So I'm going to say that she's going to be one of the 12 as well. Really? I need a woman. So are we? Okay. Oh, actually, actually, now that you said this, this is a great theory. Are we going to theorize that we have so many new announced castings and people who look like they're of decent skills because we will be seeing the organization of the 12 for the first time in their environment, meaning some sort of meeting, some sort of something where they're discussing shit. Oh, I like that. That's I would like that, not for episode one. Not for episode but one. But I would like that. Just a peek into the room, right. you know what I'm saying? And someone, perhaps the woman who we saw in set photos, who we theorized was potentially the boss of the 12, or Villanelle's new boss, because those set photos that leaked were of Jodie Comer sitting at a restaurant with this woman who has an illustrious acting background. And so, and so, isn't she a dame as well? I believe she is right. a dame. So that, that's the kind of role that you, like, you don't just bring out your Helen Mirrens for no reason. You know, you bring them out if it's something of, of note. And so I guess this is another revelation. Her name is Harriet Walker, and it was announced that she was joining the cast at the time with Danny Sapani. Also known as Pa to people like me and Watchers and of Harlots. Harlots. <laughs> and so we were theorizing that. We were like, these are two heavyweights. They have the skills to pay the bills. And so automatically 12 assumptions. Or, like I said, third alternate organization because Jody, or rather because Villanelle is technically on the fringe along with Eve where she pissed everybody off that there should be no one to whom's bodice she automatically goes. But that someone seeks her out to be like, hey girl, we see that you've completely gone off the plan, off the map, off everything, and we're here to bring you back in. Or, hey girl, we're organization number three and you need help because you're caught out there yep. and we can help bring you back into something. So if you were counting, that is actually nine, nine Holy shit. So again, Holy when you think shit. of minutes per person plus budget, 
And then you have your grandstanding grandfather den cast, plus these nine new, even with all the people who are dying or maybe not coming back, that's still not enough time to give someone a nomination-worthy scene in an episode. So someone's well, if you be got that Viola Davis out. energy, all you need is a line or that's two true, to upstage a motherfucker. Shout out to Doubt. Doubt. Hello, right? Hello. So, so you only need a good line or so two. So play your cards right, all nine of you. May the best uh, woman win. I love how you left the men out, but also may the best uh, wait, woman wait. win. <laughs> right? May okay. the best woman win. May the best woman okay. win. Okay. And maybe men, but best woman. May the best woman win. Yo, that's a lot of fucking cast. Do we think any of this cast will be involved with Eve directly in her busking situation or her cover in Koreantown? Oh, yeah. I called uh, Camille Cotton. Oh, that's right. That is what you said. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, right. So that's a lot of fucking cast people and a lot to muse about, I'm sure. As we actually get closer and we can see a piece of a scene, a piece of a film scene, we will get either more accurate or more wild with our predictions about where they are. But I'm sure you guys have been keeping up with like stuff. And to be sure, the leaks have been far and few since what, like August, September. We were getting a lot of photos and then he was kind of like, trickling things out and then just like sort of nothing i know there was a kim boldnia photo yeah. recently with eve yeah of the locations that we have seen we know fiona shaw has been on set duh doing stuff we know kim boldnia has been on set we know that villanelle pulls a gun a gun on That's carolyn right. In her car and takes Carolyn somewhere. We know that Eve is a busker somewhere in Korean town. We know that they shoot on site at a graveyard. Gemma or Hugo or Nico. We'll Who see. knows? Who knows? We know that Villanelle goes shopping in a very adorable dress, potentially in Rome, that one there. And also has some sort of lunch thing that same day with the dame that's joining the show. And we know that Eve is a motherfucking day drinker. <laughs> and that's what she deserves after the fuck shit that she engaged in at the end of season two. If you had to make one guess about what Villanelle is kidnapping Carolyn for. Okay, how about this? Pick an episode that happens and a random reason. That's, that's So we're talking about... Carolyn and Villanelle, right? Yes. When we see Villanelle, she is wearing a cop traffic yellow jacket uh, and she pulls the gun and pulls Carolyn out this it's car. It's episode three. Carolyn just found out that Kenny is missing. Oh. She's looking to get further information because they never recovered wow. Aaron Peel's wow. device. So that means that the other organization has it, whether that is the 12, whether that is third organization, who's to say, but we will know. But Villanelle will also be privy to the information that Carolyn Martins is on the move, whether that means she's going to a random safe house or whatever. And she propositions herself to get in the know knowledge wise because she oh is my. without her Eve and <laughs> Wildin? All no. work and <laughs> right, and all work and no play. I mean, makes she, Villanelle a right. scary girl. She had a vigorous grubble the night before. Like, it was intense. Gotta, we got to bring grubble here, but it was I inevitable. Mean, it was inevitable. So we she, say it so much now. She just wants to know that her girl is okay. She went to go visit her in the hospital. She was moved. So she's... Oh, if anyone doesn't know what grubble means, it was a term that Ann Lester used in Georgian gay times, lesbian terms for... Stimulating, stimulating the genitalia of a lady. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was that proper? I hope so. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah, that's where I position all that in the series. All right. I, for myself, I, part of me was saying episode four, 
only because I want it to lead to episode five, but because we know how desperately Candace wants Eve to pop in on Villanelle, which this could still work this way that I do think that whatever Villanelle is provoking with Carolyn has absolutely everything to do with Eve and probably getting to someone, if not Eve herself, someone who knows where Eve is or whatever. And so I still want this to lead to information culling, but that it hopefully still has Eve throwing Villano off her game versus Villano showing up like, hey, so I talked to Carolyn. She told me where you were <laughs> hiding out in Koreatown. Here you are. But at this point, I can't even really fathom what's happening besides my ridiculous conspiracy theories about what could be happening with the 12 and MI6 because we just don't know. We just don't have anything to clue us in really into where they could decide to go this third season. All right. So cool. Coco, Coco. Also, we want to send a shout out to the Sound and Foley team. They were awarded by, I know, I never forget the lipstick scene, never forget the The door scene. (laughs) Yo, the scrotum crushing. Oh my God. Gosh, which one of you guys are responsible for that? But yes, they were awarded by the Association of Motion Pictures Sound for excellence in sound. And you guys, it is so excellent. So very excellent. (laughs) They deserve it. The whole cast and crew is just phenomenal on this fucking show. And we love to see all the accolades and acknowledgement coming out of the many organizations and guilds and things that honor people who work in entertainment media. Congrats, you guys. Yes, cheers to you. Also, congrats to Killing E for their Emmy for like having like the most engagement. Like we didn't know ad awards <laughs> were given out for TV shows that are doing the best at like selling shit, but that's Killing Eve and I'm not surprised. I just wish they would sell me more sapphic things yeah, related the merch? to Villanelle and Eve. Where is the merch? Where are the pajamas? Where's the pattern on several things? BBC, what do we have to do? Okay, who do we have to write? Who? Who? Please, will someone write in who works at the BB goddamn C? I know a couple people that work there, but they can't help me because I've asked and um, they had no no answers. So just somebody, somebody, please tell me who we need to write, who we need to at every day to just put the idea into the BBC's mind that merch is a thing that could exist and they could make money off of it. I don't know, like give a percentage to the actors, like help them get paid. Like, damn, can we just support our show that we love and the actors and people involved? My God. Can you tell? I'm still upset about this because <laughs> this is stretched over to Gentleman Jack and it's just made me doubly upset. But, yeah. ooh, I guess yeah. we should announce that we will have merch available soon on the site. Gentleman Jack has spurred us to that, but, like, we've gotten ridiculous. <laughs> if you're not familiar yeah, with it, it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, pretty jaunty, pretty gay, pretty queer, pretty... Lots of dirty jokes. So we're going to try to bring that energy over to Wawa Villanelle because, frankly, that's where it all started. So, guys, I believe that's the end of our... Revelations. revelations we revealed so much and <laughs> well since we've wrapped up uh revelations we can try to move on to our music music's seven. bitch started off i know you've been waiting start your shit off bitch sorry that was aggressive but <laughs> <laughs> hmm. well hmm. Any, musings any thoughts ponderings any feelings wondering <laughs> <laughs> um emma fennell I'm going to start music here. Emma Fennell, after polishing off, or while simultaneously polishing off the end and the wrap of her involvement with Series 2. Are you about to muse about her fucking film? As as a showrunner (laughs) for uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Baby, Kill Mm -hmm. Eve, she, I don't know, she finds a way to let go while still somewhat holding on by channeling that 
I don't want to call it misandrous energy, but perhaps it is, into a wonderful project called Promising Young Woman. And um, I, I don't know if you guys have sought out this trailer, but I highly recommend that you do so that you can get an understanding of the vibes that will be coming out into... Uh... Oh my gosh, we need to shout out, um, please return to Villanelle who actually sent us the trailer. Oh yes, much love and many thanks. Dr. Theora, she sent us the link to this. She was like, I think you guys might like this. And I was like, girl, how did you know it had misandry? <laughs> oh yes, give the, the people the rundown. We'll also include this link to the trailer in the show notes if you're interested and you haven't seen but, it yet. Uh, ultimately, depending on how you can choose to interpret the piecing together of the trailer, because it's a lot of clips and cuts and it doesn't happen chronologically, but ultimately, it seems like it boils down to a promising young uh, medical student who somehow, I don't want to say failed out of her program due to being extremely distracted to the fact that she was trying to get justice on an uh, injustice that happened to her. She was, she was touched when she didn't want to be touched. She was groped when she didn't want to be groped. Chances are, 9 out of 10, that she was molested slash raped and no one believed her and she poured all this energy into advocating for herself mm -hmm. that she flunked out and you know she just it was one of those bones that she just could not let go of so she now goes out every night pretending to be so wasted and so drunk and random nice guys try to take her home so that you know she's safe and sound and whatnot but then you know they don't just leave after she's home no no, they do not. They think it's time for them to cash in. To be creepy men? They're mm -hmm. a reward mm -hmm. for doing the good deed of bringing her home. Like, um, And that's when she sort of slowly comes out of her drunken haze to uh, duel out justice is what uh, she does. Beautiful, misandrist <laughs> justice so, to the bands. Um. If What's your musing? Is this is this Killing Eve's impact on Emerald Fennell's life? Definitely, absolutely. Killing definitely. Eve and Phoebe Waller Bridge, absolutely, absolutely. So when she comes out with her studio lot, which I keep saying that Phoebe should do, mm -hmm. these would be the types of films we could expect to be churned Phoebe, out. Phoebe, just let me pull cables. Like I could do something <laughs> like more useful, creative, but also I could just pull cables or sweep. I can be a in cadaver. Your studio. That's fine. <laughs> let me be a cadaver. I mean, I like that you're knowing your place in this new lady studio. Right. You're like, bitch, I just. Wherever y'all need me is where I'll be. That's great. So I think it's definitely her impact. I mean, once we saw the trailer, what else can be said? But wow. Wow. And also, this is the type of popcorn entertainment that I'm interested in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just yes. give me something that is because I love horror films and I do love action films. I can't help that side of myself that's nerdy and geeky. That's like I do like all of these genre things. But what I don't like is that what I often get with these genres is a heavy dose of misogyny and sexism at the same time. And then I'm expected to enjoy it as much as the dudes watching it. Or in order for me to get a revenge film for a woman, I must first suffer like irreversible levels of suffering in terms of what I have to watch no, to a woman uh, yeah. on screen yeah. or get degraded, abused and... But we don't know. <sighs> this film may show those portions. They may. I just feel I like it'll be less. It over. I feel like, you know, even if they do, it has to be less because of how much of the film she spends getting her revenge. That if that happens, let the setup be five minutes, ten minutes. Don't have me sit in the depravity. Agreed. And just, ugh, because I'm over that. The only 
film in this alley that recently would have come out that I missed in theaters mm. would have been, um, was it? I almost want to say Swank, but it probably wasn't her. I think it was Gardner. Gardner doing uh, her version of Punisher called Peppermint. And I'm going to hold to that (laughs) because the trailer just looks like Frank Castle's life. It does. And she's like, oh, the law can't help me is what you're saying. So I'm going to help myself. So, right. I'm just going to dole out my my own. Right. And then, again, that's what I want. And also, I think it's plausible for what society is putting through people it's like um i think we actually mentioned this woman in the first our first recording attempt where because the news had broke then about a woman who was in jail for misandry murders oh, yes. and they were saying that she had just gotten an extra conviction because she was out there bragging about slitting dudes throats during yes, sex during i was yes. like this is a gone girl she out here catching the o's and was like give me that slice that fucking throat bitch splatter and she was bragging to hoes in jail who probably were very shooketh and they were like oh my god let me tell the guard and she caught more years and i was like i can't be mad at her like i can't wish for the death penalty i mean the death penalty is immoral in my mind but at the same time i don't have energy to be mad at her you know what i'm saying in the same world that is kidnapping children and sex trafficking and pedophilia and just rampant sexual assault and degradation. I cannot be mad that there's some bitch out there in the world who the patriarchy has done her so dirty that she's like, you know the way I get pleasure? <laughs> okay. It's right. by harming men as I climax. Like, that's... See, so... Yeah. I wouldn't have put that in the category of, like, sexual deviancy. Not even. That's not even where that it's goes. It's a deviancy. It's the no, world, man. Right. <laughs> it's impact. It's Sorry. impact. It's fucking impact. Why, why, why is the planet so dark and full of negative energies? But my honest to God initial reaction to this story was uh, gut laughter. Like I, right. I it just was wanted a to know who told. Laugh. Like why would you tell? Like why? <laughs> because so at- you know what it is. It's the joy. Yeah. This is how you know she's a true misandrist because she couldn't shut the fuck up. Because you would know, like, girl, you already in jail. You already got sentenced. Like, <laughs> relive those memories in your mind. Right. Relive that in your mind. But she was so thrilled. Right. And so just like, I'm out of fucks to give that she was like, let me tell you how I get my O. It's by killing men. It's by slitting their throats in the midst of coitus and watching them splatter all over me. That is a a literal murder baptism. So kind of on brand for Killing Eve because there's really women out there and you have to ask yourself, do you think she's seen Killing Eve? And what does she think? <laughs> what does she think of it? Does she watch it in jail? Do they allow it? Please tell me. Come on, you said 60, you said 60 days in. They, go, they get TV in jail. Right. Please tell me that they are allowed to watch Killing Eve in these little pictures. It's not about being allowed. It's about right. whether or not they got control of the remote. Oh, you're right. But I would think that the woman out here slitting throats of men during climaxes probably gets first dibs at the remote. I agree. I, I, I see myself not Because if I were in jail, I'd be like, who right. knows why she might cut a bitch? Right. If this is, if this is her kink. Right. How do I know that I won't become part of that kink? Because how do I know it's gender specific? I mean, it listen, may just be the slicing of throats. The slicing anybody, of throats. Who's her bunkmate? Has she been grumbling since she's been here? Is she overdue? Am I just going to be... We're not aware that she's queer. We don't know. No, I mean... I, no. I would like to hope, though, that if she's out here fucking men and women, that she's just killing the men. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, dudes. Ultimately, yes. Which is why I'm saying whoever her bunkmate is, if you don't see her taking care of herself is she overdue is, is she in need to uh i would be requesting a room change <laughs> okay like um because that's not what i need first of all i do not want to uh, get down with that hoe because like i said if that's her kink i can't, I can't make her too happy <laughs> she goes she'll slice me up and then what am i gonna do 
If she was like, oh, no, it's been a couple weeks since I immediate, like, guard, yep. guard, guard, she, police, guard, help. I need a transfer. <laughs> I need a transfer out the unit. What's the problem? She's, she, well, she, um, no. she needs a conjugal uh-huh. and I need, I need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to Ooh. figure out what we're going to do. Right. So Candace doesn't die. Loved. So yeah, so just you know, not relevant but relevant. So that was it. Was that it for your musing? Was it your one musing about Masandre, or did you have anything in relation to season three? Because you already know uh, what mine is, so I'm just trying to keep my shit together before I start yelling about darkies. I but... mean, the kiss and the on the knees is happening. So I mean, call it amusing, call it a call it a comeback, call it a, a gay. gay Nostradamus, gay Nostradamus thing. I mean, sounds I'm... like a T. They call me the gay Nostradamus. (laughs) (laughs) That is what they'll be calling you if you're right about any of this shit. Yeah, I'll be picking up my receipt as soon as it happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, aside from the kiss, um, again, this kiss, this kiss. Whoa, whoa. That's a pull. It's a pull. Um, If anyone listening recognizes that song, congrats. (laughs) I'm not even going to say who sung it. If you're confused, Shazam me. But actually, I don't know if Shazam. <laughs> I, I can't wait for that pivotal up. moment. Oh, of course you. This kiss, this kiss. This one can't fuck with you. <laughs> this one can't be fucking with you because when I'm trying not to sing, here you come with another lyric and then that just triggers the fact that I need to finish the sentence and then you're like, here's another. And then it's just karaoke once again. So, wow. Okay. I have to find out how exactly I'm going to apologize to Alanis when I see her in June and say, you know what? I sing your songs all the time. Ah! I'm sorry. so sorry. sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. But I, I yell every time your songs are because it's amazing. Listen, if I could just get a bullhorn for when we go see her Wait. in June on Pride Weekend, just so I can just so I can say into the bullhorn, looking at her when she says it, what she go down on you in a theater. I know it's it's absurd. And in my head, even I'm reading. We'll be in the VIP orchestra though, tickets. so I need to make sure she hears me. I'm reading it. VIP tickets, so I'm hoping that like somewhat before all of the sets, it's like you know you get to meet Shirley Manson, you get to meet this man, oh, and you get to meet the last person. So break a leg, God. have a good time. Sorry, my hand is sweaty. Oh um, my God! It's just I have lots of positive moment memories with. For all- last time I saw garbage, I told you I was a teenager. It was a long time ago when they were on tour with. I want to say no doubt. Yep. I know we're going to turn up like you guys. If you've not been listening to our Gentleman Jack podcast, you've not been subjected to the ongoing karaoke set that we've been doing with Atlantis's lyrics because there's a lot of gay lady drama over there and it's appropriate. But yeah, um, apologies to Atlantis or friends of her who might potentially ever one day come across this. And oh, yeah, we do sing you a lot. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, Alanis, we've seen your show twice on Broadway at this point, and we're seeing you in June in your first goddamn date on your jagged little pill tour. Look, whatever. I know we got a lot of babies, a lot of gay beasts, a lot of young people who listen to this podcast, but also for some of y'all who might be familiar with Alanis Morissette from your 90s adolescent experience, Um, in, in case you don't know, she's doing that. And it's true, the tickets are gone. Terrence was in a 6,000-person queue. <laughs> so you'll be caught out there spending a ridiculous amount of money on the StubHub and all those places that have the, uh, the like, scalped right, tickets. The scalped. Right, where it's, the prices are out of control. But, yeah, open invitation for you motherfuckers to meet up with us because it is Pride Weekend, and that will be an incredibly... Actually, Jaunty Weekend, as will be hashtag Jaunting for Pride yes, jaunting to raise for awareness pride. for mental health 
issues as it relates to LGBTQ plus youth and stuff and stuff and stuff. But yeah, um, you should go because it'll probably be a life changing experience. There was an article from Entertainment Weekly entitled Killing Eve star Jodie Comer on Villanelle's killer final move. What awaits in season three? And so obviously, I mean, <laughs> ain't shit in this article. I, was I mean, say, we can't final move. Look, can I cover the news? Look, obviously, Why there's would nothing you name significant. Your article that? Because they need people to click <laughs> like you clearly did and I yeah, did. They yeah. need you to click and read the fluff. And we did. And so, no, there isn't, there really isn't anything significant to give us any indication on what's happening in season three like that was actually going to happen. Jody was asked repeatedly in the press stuff afterwards, hey, could you give us any clues? And you could tell she was tired about that. She was like, I literally cannot. I asked if I could give any hints, and they were like, no, bitch, just say it's going to be a wild ride. So where's this quote? Well, in the question she was asked had to do with Eve, and they were wondering, the journalist, was it a message or a kill shot? And they have Jody Comer quoted as saying, quote, what I thought was fascinating about that moment is the control is constantly shifting. One of them thinks they're in control of the situation and then the other pulls the rug from under the other one's feet. Villanelle is genuinely hurt in that situation and she acts on impulse the only way that she knows how to act. When she walks away, she's walking away. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see some of these quotes coming out, especially since the tumultuous summer that we dealt with with ridiculous right. quotes from all over the place and none of them seeming to apply. But this is Jody basically co-signing what we have been saying that, namely that Villanelle was genuinely hurt, that she genuinely got her feelings hurt by Eve, which is not something that happens, I would imagine, ever. The last person to hurt that bitch feeling was probably Anna. Right. Because it definitely was a Nadia. I mean, she, she rolled over felt bad in that Russian prison, but nobody really hurt her feelings. Uh, we don't even know if she felt bad in the Russian prison. At best, we know she was annoyed. At best, That's we know true. that there was, bad. like, she was like, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm sick of being controlled by these other people. I'm going to manipulate the situation with Nadia to get myself out of here. But I don't know that the level of actual hurt, you know, of there's a chink in my armor, this Villanelle mask that I wear, which... Interestingly enough, and I think there's a quote when we get further down where Jody has mentioned that she feels like Villanelle is the outside mask that is worn by her character and Oksana is the, the gooey middle of who she really is. This sort of feral, yeah. unhinged, a little bit, incredibly violent person that when we see Oksana, I mean, it's it's Villanelle when she kills Julian. It's Villanelle when she cuts Peel's throat. It's Villanelle when she really on the shit, when she was one of my favorite scenes, when she beats up the Guido in the Ooh, car. Yeah. So that's feral Villanelle. And I really like to see that side. I really hope that that side comes out more, especially in response to something Eve does, because who else is going to unhinge a hoe? Like Eve Palastri. So she says that, that's accurate, because it's very much like a, a push and pull in that scene which we'll get to later. The journalist was positing, asking, indeed, the touchy Villanelle has shown herself to possess the disposition of a frustrated, spoiled child when things don't go her way. Was her pulling of the trigger a wounding warning to Eve, a moment of untethered impulse, or both? When Villanelle walks away, how much does she even care if Eve is dead or alive? And Jody responds, quote, that's something that we're going to look at and have to think about on season three. <laughs> Thank you for that incredibly vague, <laughs> non-answer answer, Jodie Comer. <sighs> You're a pro. She continues, as we tap into this woman's emotions more or getting into the psyche of what she does feel and what she doesn't feel, it's what is it about this woman that has such a hold? Does she, in fact? There's so much to delve into in regards to that. <laughs> Who are you telling? <laughs> Although kind of rhetorical, does she have a hold? Um, we saw the deleted scene. 
Why is why is why is Villanelle in a cowboy hat getting shook in a bar? Just saying. What kind of role playing games is she playing now? Right. Is she acting out the gunshot? Because we saw what she was doing with the Taurus woman. She was like, let me zhuzh this hair. <laughs> Pretend you're my Eve Pilastri. So actually, yeah, that's a good tangent. Is Villanelle role playing this death because she's not over it? Of course she's not. And she needs to continue fixating in a certain kind of way. She's not on Eve because I don't think that like out of sight, out of mind. If that was the idea, why have the deleted scene where she's in a cowboy hat? Why is she mourning? <laughs> why is she mourning like a goddamn cowboy? What is that about? She goes like, I'll shoot you from my hip. Don't get too close, women. I'm over the women. Like, don't get close to me. I'll shoot you. Like, where's that? Where's the the connect for where Villanelle is emotionally? A scary place, actually. For anyone who's not Eve, I think it's a very scary place because that Villanelle is... But attempting to cut off that one piece of faucet that was on, that was the emotion faucet. And then when she's like, I thought you were special, like, she turns it off entirely up until she sees a woman with curly hair. I don't know. I mean, and some things break through. Don't you remember uh, Amsterdam Villanelle? Drugged Amsterdam. up. Amsterdam Villanelle, who's trying to like, oh, my wife didn't to show to up woman, to me. Right. To, but she, my wife ain't show up to come investigate my murder. But you I'm know that was Villanelle her. taking L's in Amsterdam. She took nothing she but L's. And sure it, was, it was disturbing for us to watch because we were like, what do you mean that girl's not interested in Villanelle? And she was probably like, I mean, to be fair, if someone's making eyes at you in the club and they look like they're not doing okay, they look like they've had too many drinks they look like they're fucked up you're not gonna it make eyes be, back especially it might be time to run. Yeah. like the only people who make eyes back at a person who looks like that are creepy men and then think of well to speak to your point about how dangerous it is for anyone who's not eve palastri think about how she got cut off in the bathroom and then she got flipped the bird and was like oh oh oh, oh. I mean, <laughs> and then you know things sure, just got really really she just dark. got rejected really? she tried to do a shoulder shimmy on the dance floor and that girl with the bob cut was like i don't have the time and she turned <laughs> around and phil and i was like wait a second because we know that this bitch is a narcissist she really is feeling herself and she has every reason to feel herself it's part of her personality profile but also she has a strong sense of confidence She's like, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. I speak many languages. I'm an effective killer. I have great fashion sense. I'm amazing. Anyone would be lucky to share a moment, a date, a sexual awakening with Villanelle. But that bob cut bitch was still like, I don't have the time. And so there's two things happening there. Maybe the bob cut bitch was also an assassin and her level of zero fucks <laughs> was better because she was sober. Because she looked at she looked at Villanelle like, and she was like, whatever. And remember she turned yes. like she she got she got a good look. She was like, you look fucked up. I'm not really. Nah, chill. And then Villanelle was like, what? what? This is where I'm at. I remember how we were talking about like that realistically the succession of days two weeks or whatever that Villanelle had been going through, it had been nothing but rejection. Except for Eve in that whole bubble of right. Eve still wants me. She wants to be near me. We're obsessed with each other. This is what's happening. So the jail flirtation that went wrong, whatever. She was like, I'll get over it. All the other flirtations that went wrong, she was like, I don't really care because I'm actually interested in Eve. So when Eve is like, I'm not here. I'm busy. Here's Jess. Here's motherfucking pregnant ass Jess. But she's like, oh, my, my, my. And I feel like she goes to the club like, I still got it. Like, it's fine. Like, let me just go pick up a hoe and this, you know, just, I'll, and I'm with them when I'm with them. So I just, right. I'll do a role play and make myself feel better. And even with the role play, it did not work out like it did in France or Germany. She did not just turn her head and have a, a woman be like, oh, okay. She got rejected. And then to add insult to injury, she got given the finger. Yes. In the bathroom. But again, she was looking fucked up. So you sometimes give fucked up looking people a finger when they try to do stuff. They say stuff to you. You're like, bitch, shut up. And maybe if that bitch is Villanelle, you get choked out. 
Which she is why was, I say just be careful who you're rude to because you never know what kind she of She was at least nine back. inches off the ground, face turning blue, hopefully regretting her decision and possibly wetting she herself off regretted the her decision. I, I mean, that wasn't right what happened to her. Like, she's totally pressing charges. <laughs> they won't be able to find Villanelle, but she's gone to the police. Right. She's like, I was just, I was rude. I, I will admit I was rude. <laughs> but do I deserve this, officer? Officer! Look at my neck, oh. officer! Like she, the girl's traumatized. <laughs> in fact, everyone else in the line is traumatized. I feel like half the line was on drugs because they didn't react. Right. Fast like they were just sort of like, oh, look at that. <laughs> Wait, is that her pimp? Like, like. <laughs> at the same time, if I saw a girl turn up like that, just like zero to 100, I would not try to get that smoke. I'm like, let me get the police. Like, let me call somebody else to deal with her because this is the type of woman that's going to pull a switchblade out her uh, pocket. Uh-huh, like, she did, uh-huh. no, like she did on Nico uh-huh. and just get you in the gut right quick. Like a kitty cat. You know how kitty cats just stab you real fast? Well, they don't stab. We you know how kitty cat like just one, two, bats three, you, and it's right. blurry. Right. That's Villanelle. A violent cat. Like, I don't want to fuck with that. She's going to stab swipes. me six times before I even blink. That's too much. Like how she did to Bill. Yes. She was like... She's like... She's a scary kitty. Adorable kitty, but a scary fucking kitty. And I do not need anyone stabbing me that quickly. So that I'm like, Bill, in the club, like, oh! And don't nobody know until I'm all the way done bleeding out. To be like, oh, look, she was she was stabbed. Although I wouldn't be looking at Sugar's Bill. I'd be smiling. If I'm like, oh my God, am I getting murdered by a woman assassin? Okay. I would have had that Aaron Pill energy. Just smiling like, well, I mean, better better her than a dude, to Uh be perfectly honest. As long as it's not a dude, I think I can go into the afterlife. And my spirit, too, can ascend. Because if it's a dude, I'm going to be around here haunting. Right, I'm going to be a vengeance. I'm going to be a vengeance spirit. (laughs) Vengeful as fuck. Bitch is going to be on the Ouija and I'll be popping up all the time. Like, remember me. Get my revenge. Avenge me. Kill someone. Kill some men. I need you guys to do it. I'm really upset. I'm stuck in this mortal coil because I can't move the fuck on. I really fucking can't move on. Oh, gosh. Okay. Any more interesting bites from this interview? Oh, they do mention, after that bit about, what is it about this woman that has such a hold? Uh, there's a quote from Jody where she says, we have to think about if she's shooting her to kill her. Villanelle doesn't do a job half-heartedly or not go through what it is she's out to do. So we have to make a lot of big decisions in that moment. And a lot of these decisions were very final. These are some things that we have to pick up with in season three. And the article continues that while the parallels of what happened at the end of season one finale, parentheses, when Eve surprise stabs Villanelle, and the season two finale, when Villanelle shoots Eve, seem ripe for exploration, Comer does not believe those things were on Villanelle's mind when she shot Eve. Quote, I don't know if she was thinking about that at all, actually. And I say that because when we first came back for season two, I was like, oh, she's going to get her revenge. And they were like, no, no, no. We saw that from a different way. And what this actually now means is a connection. I think it's something Villanelle never forgot. Don't get me wrong. But in that moment, is it that thing of Eve walking away and Villanelle's like, you can't do that. You're either in or you're out. And that is, in fact, why she shoots her, end quote. The article continues after that. Where that bullet ends up is, of course, critical. It's a location that hadn't been finalized when the season ended, but it may wind up being loaded with meaning. They reference a quote from Sandra O in a previous article where she says, I will say the blood is coming from a certain area, and I think that we may move that around, the area of the shot, oh, said with a laugh. All that stuff is really being creatively decided right now. So it sounds like Jody is essentially saying, like, again, much of nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, to be sure, she's like, I don't know. Good girl. Villana, right. Very good. You are not Tom Holland. She seems to be saying that, like, what we're all wondering, like, the motivations for why Villanelle shot Eve, was she necessarily thinking about? 
what happened in episode eight of season one when she shot her? Maybe, maybe not. What does that mean going forward? Was there an intent to kill? And that's been the one of the big questions on the mind of the fans is, was there an intent to kill? And I've maintained from the very beginning that Villanelle is an ace. Villanelle was the monster that the egg ghost was afraid of. So I don't think that she leaves people alive by accident. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think that's true. So if she intended to kill Eve, I believe Eve would be dead. Oh, yeah. Eve has a brain that she could have shot out like she did to her old handler. She shot her in the gut. That's petty. That's romantic. <laughs> that's extra. And then she left her there. So it's not as if she's like being typical, like, okay, this makes sense romance. It's Villanelle romance because she shot her in that special place. But then she was like, bleed out. <laughs> and maybe she helps her. Maybe she doesn't. I mean, we're all dying to know these answers. But uh, I feel like I locked this in already, but I don't think she shot to kill. I'm going to go on record. Well, now I'm already on record. I don't have to say anything. Go on record again. I don't go on record again. Uh, it's, you know, they have matching engagement rings now. But I'm sure a piece of her may be wondering if Eve is stupid enough to let a wound like that kill her. Listen, I just feel like Eve's sheer anger at like being duped is keeping her alive right now. Like just oh, so yes. she just so she can fucking you're gonna <laughs> stop for up to Villanelle with her curls. Right. Live out of spite. Uh, right? She's <laughs> gotta live out of spite. Not like Hugo playing the hero, just like playing dead. No, she is living out of spite. She's living right now. See Villanelle again and be like, you fucking hell. Did you fucking shoot me? And they have another quote from Jody that says, whether it's fatal, now what we're going to see is how Villanelle now has moved on from that, she hints. I can't really say too much because of obviously how and where we are going to take this story. But it's a question of how much does Eve mean to Villanelle? Everyone who watches the show has a different view and their own interpretation and they feel that it is love and it is deep and it is meaningful. And then there was another side to it that is very twisted. Does Villanelle understand the concept of love? She's very warped in relationships and her Connections to people. So that's actually a good chunk of meat there for Villanelle from Jodie Comer. I guess everyone does have their own interpretation, but I feel like that's two polarizing views. It's like the head gaze and not <laughs> the, the gaze. <laughs> the, I was going to say like, the gaze uh, right, and the, the, gaze, the head gaze. The head gaze and the gaze. And so, um. Diet Villanelle. What? Diet Villanelle. Ain't no diet Villanelle. That's I no mean, Villanelle. Because if you're not involving the gay with Villanelle, then that's not her. That, uh, like She's uh, way too queer thank you. to be like, it's a little gay. It's a lot of gay. American censors are she, terrible. In episode eight, in the season finale of season one, that hoe was like, I, I think about you too. I masturbate you. <laughs> like that's, look, never over that line. It was in the script. It she was delivered said, it. She delivered right. it well. Remember that was a GQ video where Jody was watching herself and she was like, well, you know, Villanelle. <laughs> she gets to the point. She knows what she, she said, wants. Too much. And Eve, like the rest of the Eve was like, nah, Eve I just she was wasn't like, expecting it. No, 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 yeah, no I wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> She's like, girl, actually, I just, something's, it's a good Ooh. thing these pants are dark colored. Cause okay. I'm, oh, right. Oops. Well. <laughs> That's what happens when they get creeping later into the night. The dirty, the dirty jokes come out. It says that, you know, this connection to Eve was on display during the haunting and also hilarious scene in which Raymond and Villanelle match wits in the hallway before Eve steps in to quote unquote rescue Villanelle after the assassin begged for help when he started to choke her out. Was Villanelle truly risking it all on a hunch that she could get Eve to kill or was she always secretly in control? And they have Jody quoted as saying it really had to be that she was going to risk it all, especially for Eve. 
for the believability. A Villanelle has to be on the verge of death, says Comer. What I do believe of Villanelle, though, is her life is the most important thing to her. So maybe she was going to let it go to the very last breath. But I think in the moment, she needs help. And Eve sees that. And you have to see that in order for the moment to be believable. It was such a huge, huge moment to film. And it was shot over a couple of days. It was so crazy, energetic, strenuous. After that shot of Villanelle being strangled, everyone was like, now we can believe that this woman is driven to this impulse of saving her because she is literally turning purple. So that's interesting because that's something we discussed and people weren't sure of, you know, a lot of conjecture in the fandom about this final scene and whether or not Villanelle was in distress. And so Jodie Comer seems to be confirming that Villanelle was in distress. Right. But I mean, I think that really goes back to my point that I was saying that Villanelle was definitely in distress when she was being choked up by Raymond, but in control when other things were happening, like the shoulder shot where the axe is in the shoulder. She's like, Eve, the shoulder. Like she could have reached behind her back and shot the guy and then killed it and it would have gone different. So it's interesting. So that's, yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, we talked a lot about that, but that's the moment where Villanelle fucks up. If there was a narrator that she definitely needed help and perhaps was trying to manipulate Eve by allowing herself to be choked out. But again, like Jody said, past a point, you're not allowing someone to choke you out. You're just getting choked out and right. trying to cope. And realistically, Raymond has big hands. He could have crushed her windpipe very easily. Certainly bruised it. I mean, the fact that she was able to talk to Eve after that moment is actually pretty remarkable because I feel like her throat should have been bruised or something. I've already said in that episode that I had my fill of men with their large hands choking Jodie Comer. We had that in episode two of series two with Julian. Oh, Nico's choking her on it. screen right, right now. Yeah, so sorry. I... You should try this with your wife! <laughs> I need to try this off. Uh, but I mean, it's but it's empowering as well. It was, And then, of course, she's like, I'm waiting for my you're welcome. You know, uh, I wait for my thank you because the fervor that you brought home She's to your like, wife. It got real rain. pervy. Right. In the, it was almost like in the was... Palastri home. And I feel like I, where, right. where's, where are my royalties? Where's my royalty check? Okay. Where are the dividends? I tried to go to Eve directly. She playing. So I'm coming to get it from you, bitch. He's like, oh, I just, what? And then he got and then poor of Gemma. You, Gemma. Nico. Nico. She's, like, she's really annoying. Nico. I was like, I was like <laughs> stab Gemma. You, right, okay. Oh my God, you just reminded me she of that Reddit. And then no, Gemma you just reminded like, me of that Reddit fucking um, thread that I saw some time ago where someone was posting about killing Eve and they were like, you know, I was on her side until she killed Gemma. And the cackle that left my lips. <laughs> hey! Fucking, oh, so Gemma, was Gemma the... What broke the bowels back for this watcher? <laughs> you know, I could really understand and sympathize with Villanelle until she killed poor Gemma. Really? Really? I knew Gemma was out to paint the minute she was trying to, like, she kept flirting intensely with Nico. And that moment where she's like, oh, I could do, I could, you know, I could, I could slap that knob, Nico. I could drop to my knees. And everyone, the whole fandom was like, ooh! Well, actually, that's not true. There were definitely some heads that were like, I love this. I love where this is going. It Ugh. seems like this this is the future that I can believe in for Nico. But uh, we were with Villanelle, who was at the door like, ugh. Right. Y'all was so gross. Get a room. But yeah, back to your point about her needing to be in real danger to activate Eve's inner <laughs> inner killer. Um, in a, yes, inner killer. I concur. And yes, she needed that gun, I guess, to protect herself in case, you know, things got out of hand. But she left her fate in Eve's hands. And I will I will double down and say that yes, she did need to be in control. 
Um, once Eve did land that sledgehammer, even though she announced herself to Raymond before she did it, uh, once she's landed that sledgehammer, there was no longer a need for the gun. And I mean, it would have been smart for her to have gotten rid of it at that time mm -hmm. because everybody's focused on this, these blades and Raymond and you're holding him and then there's blood everywhere. Move the gun. Cause the, right now she can't see nothing. <laughs> right. She can't see nothing. You just incurred a cross. <laughs> uh, uh, like that would have been the perfect time to get rid of the gun. The happen. perfect time no! when it comes to, I'm about to turn this off. <laughs> I refuse to watch Eve on her knees. Thank God. When asked about Villanelle's past, which really has to do with that scene with Kim Bodnia about her family, she is quoted saying, it's something that people have always been curious of, says Comer. I don't think you should really make too much of her past because what I love is that people end up making their own assumptions or ideas. That's really fun for an audience to have their own journey with it. But I do think it would be really interesting to see another side of her, of what her life was. When we went to the prison in Russia in season one, it was so fun because you see this feral Oksana. I feel like Villanelle's an outer shell and Oksana is like the core of this person you get to see a completely different side of. So that will be really fun to delve into. So that's that quote that I was saying that she says where she's like, Villanelle was the outside pretty shell and Oksana is the feral, the feral killer within. I can dig it. Our last quote about what we can expect from season three says, it's that thing of you believe someone's dead, then you live with the fact that someone's dead, and then they're not. How do you come back from that? How does that change your relationship that you once had? Does it? Is there a new opportunity? Is there a chance? Or is there a need to finish what you did? That's probably going to be the biggest thing for Villanelle. Well, thoughts on that? Well, we could talk about all the deaths that we know won't be counted. It won't be Nadia because Villanelle killed her herself. Um, and then there was the point where Nadia did <laughs> magically survive getting run over a few times. Uh, and then she had to be handled, which is why she went to that prison in the first place. Uh, so it's a death where you believe someone is dead for an extended period of time. So we can hope that it's not one of Villanelle's previous marks, but just maybe a lie she was told to believe by someone who was providing her with intel. Wait, what's that a lie? That was inaccurate. What's a lie? What's a lie? Oh, that there was particular intel being fed to her from somewhere. That just was untrue. Intel about what? Intel about a particular person being dead. That I mean, she did not personally kill. So you're talking about Eve, but who's giving her the intel? Well, I'm hoping I'm not talking about Eve. I'm hoping I'm talking but, about... <laughs> I'm just saying, who, who else could we be talking about? But then I'm like, who's giving the bitch the intel? She don't got no, she got no job. Right, she too. She got no boss. She, she has too. no co-workers. She, she has no friends. I have some conjecture and theories since we have seen set photos now with Jody on set with the Dane that's been cast. But no, there's Jody don't got no friends. Villanelle don't got no friends. Who she who I mean again, I feel like intent to kill is in that moment. I don't know that there's intel to get. So it starts and sort of ends with intent to kill in a certain sense, because if she intended to kill the hoe, then I suppose she does have to follow up to be like, where's Eve Palastri's funeral? And then maybe we get a fake funeral or some other stuff or some other stuff. But if she did not intend to kill, then she's biding her time for 
potentially what she believes will happen to Eve that happened to her, which is this realization of we are now closer. We are now beyond inseparable. And I know you even better because this thing that happened and because I have convinced myself that I'm like you and you're just like me, then our thoughts should parallel on how we process this. So Villanelle is processing the knife stab in this intimate way that's, you know, sexual also, penetration, then it's very possible that Eve, who is like her, even though they were confused in their final fight, that she too is now perceiving this in this incredibly intimate and also sexual way. And, you know, given Eve Pilastri's likely kinks, you know, sort of along the lines of this misandry killer we mentioned at the, big, uh, the beginning of the episode, she was stabbing her thigh. And she was smirking about it. She was though in season one. So it stands to reason that she too can conflate (laughs) what's happening with also like, Oh, we've taken another step. And with how these bitches are, who knows what that's going to look like? Who knows how violent that might be, but still also the expression of this weird toxic thing that they have going on. That is very much teeming with sexual energy at the top. Like hate sex or just rolling around and we're fighting. But are we fighting? Is this a fight or is this like when I was looking at Diane Carroll's when she passed away and I was just looking at old links for like Dynasty because my my mom was a fan and that cat fight she has where they roll around. I was watching. I was like, yo, what I wouldn't give for a cat fight like that with Eve and Villanelle, a little more violent, but just actual like rolling, like we are involved. But then you do like what the heads do mid roll where you're like, oh wait, is this, is this changing? (laughs) (laughs) This mood has gotten a little bit saucier. That's something to root for, for sure. (laughs) That's an understatement, but I'm gonna let it go. (laughs) Root for, for sure. Did you hear this motherfucker, you guys? It's more, it's everything. It is everything for those of us waiting. For some sort of consummation of some kind, something like that is everything. It's not something. Episode it is five. everything. <laughs> no. Uh, that couldn't be episode five. It would have to be like an eight. Episode, if we keep with the theories of episode five, those kinds of things don't go down in episode five. We don't have actual conflict that is physical in episode five. We have cerebral conflict. We have sexual tension. Physical conflict, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four. But five is like, (laughs) five is intense conversation. It's whatever. So, I mean, they could. I will take them rolling around the floor in episode five. I just feel like they need to talk. They need to have a conversation where some things are said. Uh, Oh, I sent you this postcard this one time. Oh, when I said Eve Balastri, a piece of shit, I was just upset at the automated machine. I wasn't calling you a piece of shit. They need to discuss things. Work it out. Eve can be like, I don't like shepherd's pie all that much, but I do like this other thing that you can make me. I'm really into spaghetti. They need to have a conversation. They need to get on the same page. They are definitely not on the same page right now. Hello, friends. So this marks the official ending of part two. We hope you're having fun. Part three coming up right now. Hold on to your niggas. <laughs> 